My name's Joy Lorne. I'm a professor at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, and I'm a director of the MARCH Centre, which stands for Maternal, Adolescent, Reproductive and Child Health. Here we are, September 2015, coming to the end of the Millennium Development Goals. Big celebration. This very week, there's a large collection of leaders from around the world, heads of state, meeting in New York. There's also uh, very many reports, a proliferation of reports. Uh, but if we look back to say, why? Why did this matter? The UN Secretary General has called the Millennium Development Goals the most successful compact ever in global development. Those eight goals set around the turn of the millennium have brought together every government on earth around doubled the funding for global development issues uh, with particularly an increase in the funding for women's and children's health. Now those eight goals had three on health. So the three central goals, goal four was on child survival to reduce child deaths by two thirds. Goal five on maternal health to reduce maternal deaths by three quarters and goal six on reducing infectious diseases. So that the headlines now in, in September 2015 for all those eight goals are that remarkable progress has been made for every single one of them. Uh, for the goal for child survival, child deaths have been halved. For maternal mortality, the deaths have been halved. For HIV, malaria and TB, we've seen a remarkable scale-up of, of solutions, whether that's bed nets or antiretrovirals. Of the 22 core indicators for the Millennium Development Goals, 79 countries are now able to report on you know, time data, which even eight or nine years ago was not possible. So Millennium Development Goals, so that's a 15-year period coming to the end of it now, why do we need the Sustainable Development Goals for the next 15 years? Well, I think it's a reflection, whatever people say about the MDGs, that there were great successes in that people want more goals. And not only do they want more goals, they want a whole lot more goals, it seems. So the Sustainable Development Goals, 17, only one on health. In fact, it's the outside health community that have particularly wanted to build on that success of having targets. There are targets for oceans and for cities and for many aspects that are critical to health. So if the dialogue for the Millennium Development Goals was you need health to get development, the dialogue for the Sustainable Development Goals are you need wider change and, and development, economic and environmental and protecting the climate in order to get health. So in truth, things go both ways. For health, we're affected by the environment, by education very much, uh, and that's a two-way street. I think what's different now is in the voices that have come from the countries that are most affected, what people see in front of them is not just a health issue. It's not having a road, it's not having power grid. Uh, it's having urbanisation that isn't working. So we've gone from a world at the beginning of the MDGs where the poor, who we were prioritising most, were the rural poor. 
in many continents now, that's the urban poor, that the poor were in certain countries and on certain continents, whereas now that's the, the biggest group of poor are now the poor within middle-income countries. It's an equity divide. Sustainable development goal number three is the most relevant to your research. Can we just talk about some of those goals? Yeah, so the core of the health goals for the sustainable development goals, the the targets that have been set are really the unfinished agenda for the Millennium Development Goals. So the, the correct, important focus to end preventable maternal deaths, and this is a global target, a global average of 70 uh, per 100,000 maternal deaths. Um, and then the, the real drive to end preventable child and newborn deaths. Uh, this is a national target so that every country should get to 22 or less within less than a generation, 15 years. The newborn target is particularly important. So in the data that's just come out now, Uh, For the end of the Millennium Development Goals, newborn deaths are the slowest moving part of of child deaths. Now, 45% of all child deaths are in the first month of life. Uh, This is 2.7 million. Uh, So this is a a huge issue that really made much less progress during the Millennium Development Goal era and needs to be addressed and links very closely to maternal. So in March, one of the key things we would like to emphasise is that for women's and children's health, uh, it really will take a shift to a life course approach. We need to be looking at girls and boys being healthy adolescents. We need to be looking at births being wanted and at safe sexual and reproductive health services being available for all those who need them. Uh, So in fact, the the sexual and reproductive health agenda was late to the party in the MDGs. It was left out at the beginning, uh, and goal 5B in the MDGs was added later. So really critical to have this as an integrated part. Uh, So in looking forward, uh, the adolescent, the sexual and reproductive health, the safe pregnancies for the woman, looking at the baby, and then looking at the child not just surviving, but also thriving. So of the deaths after the neonatal period that we have now, so first time in history, we're coming down to under 6 million child deaths a year. Uh, But of those after the neonatal period, a critical issue is undernutrition. So these are the big unfinished agendas after the MDGs ending maternal deaths, ending uh, newborn and child deaths, looking at stunting and undernutrition and making sure that family planning and sexual and reproductive rights are met. And with each of these goals, one could spend hours discussing how to to reach those goals. And I guess it's a mixture of not just throwing money at it, but education and social change and pressure on governments and, and infrastructure and all sorts of... Um, issues around trying to reach those goals? Yeah, uh, in some ways we we risk a simplistic line of we know what to do, we should just do it. But for each of these, there are things that we know. The problem is also really how to do it at scale and how to do it at scale for those most at risk, for example, in conflict areas. One of the critical things for us in a research institution is what is the research agenda to actually have impact and reduce deaths? So the first part is looking at how to deliver better implementation research. 
then further down the pipeline, what can we do to improve devices, vaccines, gadgets, uh, but also service delivery? How can we innovate in a way that is uh, really effective in the hardest to reach settings for changing systems? And then the discovery science. So what can we learn about the epigenetics, for example, of intergenerational change? How can we address intractable issues such as stunting with cleverer science? But behind all this, one of the things that we really focus on in, in March, as well as this uh, pipeline from discovery through development to delivery of interventions and through the life course, one of the things that is most important is the capacity of leaders to deliver public health and health system change in high burden countries. And at the end of the process is, is also how do you monitor whether those changes have had any effect? So how, how do you? But this is absolutely critical. So one of the biggest uh, lessons learned out of the MDGs is the importance of measuring the right things. So the UN Secretary General's summary of the MDG report calls this, we measure what we treasure. And in fact, if we look, for example, at those uh, conditions that have made the fastest progress. So for example, HIV was new on the block during the MDG era. And yet during that time, uh, not only have we seen a remarkable innovation in antiretrovirals, remarkable innovation in service delivery, we've seen an incredible change in the data that are collected. So antiretroviral coverage is actually measured. Meanwhile, we have interventions that we've had maybe for 20 or 30 or 40 years that we still aren't measuring the coverage of. So this is critical. So going forward, there's been a lot of talk about the data revolution. How can we and the academic community, how can leaders in these countries that are most affected, where the data systems as well as the health systems struggle, how can we collect the right data that will actually drive faster change instead of us moving to slower change at this critical juncture? Let's talk a little bit about this free online course that mm. the school is about to launch and how that ties in with some of the sustainable development goals. So as we move forward from the simplicity of the Millennium Development Goals to the complexity of the Sustainable Development Goals, we still have really critical need for addressing women's and children's health and raising adolescents up to the same level. And from that, March Centre here at the London School, which has more than 150 academics working on this topic, has developed a massive open online course. And our aim with doing this is to democratise the learning from the MDGs. What have we learned about what has worked, what hasn't worked? What are the key issues in the data? What are the gaps? What are the debates? What are the research questions? How is this going to go forward? And we have brought together more than 50 different contributors to be able to open up this as a debate. We already have thousands and thousands of people registered for this MOOC and we hope that many others will join and be part of this discussion on what we can do to accelerate progress where it matters most for women, children, newborns and adolescents. The first week is on adolescence because we believe that's a critical entry point opportunity for change within the life course. The second week is on reproductive health 
then maternal health, then newborns and stillbirths, and then finally the child who should not just survive, but thrive. So each of those six weeks have a mix of videos, PowerPoints, articles, debates, votes. And what kinds of people are you expecting or have you had to sign up already? So this is targeted at any people interested in the health of women, children, adolescents and newborns. Our particular interest is those who are involved in policy, research, programs or industry to do with this issue. And I'm delighted to say that, in fact, monitoring the comments so far, the vast majority of those comments are from the highest burden countries. So for us in, in March, we see that it isn't just the data or the research or changing policy that will save lives. It's absolutely about leadership and use of data by professionals and the general public in these countries. And it's free as well. It is free. <laughs> uh, and that's a very important principle for us. You can uh, count this towards your continuous professional development. It's possible to get an optional certificate, which you do have to pay for the mail out for. You can do it at your own speed. You can start at any point at which this is open. So our first cycle will start on the 29th of September and last for six weeks. You can sign up at any point during that. And once you've done that, you will have access to that learning material indefinitely. So overall, end of the MDG, beginning of the SDG, beginning of the MOOC, lots of acronyms there, but quite an exciting time for you at the March Centre. Yes, we are really wanting to see that this transition from MDG to SDG results in a change. The MDGs were, were written probably by white male economists in New York. But the reality is that changing the lives of women and children and adolescents around the world will take everybody around the world. And this is a contribution to see that what we have learned, what needs to be done differently, and the debate around that becomes democratised.